We're going to uh, talk with Anessa Habib, who is Edmonton's Queen Bee. She's the founder mm-hmm. of Yeg Honeycomb. Hi, Anessa. Welcome back to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, tell us about, uh, again, for those who uh, maybe are hearing about uh, Yeg Honeycomb, what, 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 tell us about that project. What is it? Thank you. This is a community-driven project where we have nine historic locations as of this year as part of the project where we like to introduce beekeeping to the community at large in Edmonton as well as our vulnerable and marginalized populations in the city. Um, and another really big part of the story um, that we're trying to tell by having these bees at these sites is really trying to put a focus on what sustain what is a model of sustainability um, and what should that look like, especially being in an urban setting as we're bringing bees here as opposed to what beekeeping would look like in a commercial setting. And and I know this sounds like a ridiculously simple question, but why? Why is it important for us to to know about this, especially in an urban setting? It's That's a great question. It's really important to know about this in an urban setting because for ages we've looked at beekeeping as um, a part of a commercial operation. And what commercial beekeeping looks like is very different from urban beekeeping. Um, the benefits, like I highlighted last year in an interview, um, of urban beekeeping is that there is a biodiversity of, of life, of plant life here in Edmonton, and that really contributes to the overall health of our honeybees. And whereas in a commercial setting, Um, And it's important to look at what beekeeping looks like in a commercial setting um, because of the fact that Alberta is one of the largest uh, Mm -hmm. producers of honey in Canada. And therefore, a lot of urban beekeepers look to commercial producers to look to what should our beekeeping practices look like. But that's actually not what we need to do for beekeeping in an urban setting. And we have the privilege to be able to do things differently and really create a sustainability model and look at how our hives um, across our different locations can work together to support each other. Um, commercial beekeeping operation, I'll say really quickly, um, there's thousands of beehives, and so they manage their bees in a very unique way where mm-hmm. they're having to treat the hives, um, and that's because pests and disease can spread quickly. And in an urban setting, we have independent hives a little bit spread further apart, and we're able to look at a beekeeping model differently. Where are the hives right now? So last year we weren't able to announce two of our new locations, um, and so I'm able to do that now. Uh, so City Hall is one of our new locations oh. that we had later last season, as well as Rossdale Plant. So those are our two locations. They're City of Edmonton owned. So the other hive locations that we have as well are Chancery Hall, which is also in Sir Winston Churchill Square, uh, Grierson Center, which is a federal institution um, housing minimum security inmates, uh, as well as Alberta Hospital Edmonton, a facility for mental health and addiction, Old Man Creek Nursery, where the city plants their trees to do their landscaping, and our honeybees have the privilege to be able to pollinate a bulk of the crops that are planted there that are then donated to the Edmonton Food Bank. Um, and we also have our bees at the Alberta Aviation Museum, uh, Fort Edmonton. I'm not sure. Am I forgetting any? <laughs> well, it's, it's, yeah. Either way, they're, they're spread out all over. So how quickly has this expanded? Are, are these are these hives sort of split off from an original hive or, a, a, you know, like a, like a mama hive at the beginning of it all? How does that all work? Great question. So we're in year three of our pilot project. So in year one, we started by purchasing nucleus colonies of bees. 
Um, unfortunately, we have very little option when it comes to purchasing nucleus colonies of bees because often they come from treated stock and we're moving away from treating these bees. Mm. Um, so in the first year, we started off with six hives um, and then we went to split them, uh, you know, each hive into two, so to form 12 hives. Um, but each year, beekeepers will incur losses from 50 to 90 percent. Mm-hmm. So what that looks like year after year is um, in a more sustainable way, what we're trying to do with the Yakani Comb Project is to implement a split so one colony can then turn into sometimes two, three, or even four. And uh, that benefits not only the parent hive, the original hive that we're splitting that did successfully overwinter, um, but it's also benefiting the splits that were now then created because we're looking at local genetics and trying to figure out a way to help these genetics, um, these local genetics thrive um, within that hive and then to go on to support some genetics in, in our other colonies across Edmonton. So Vanessa, I'm, I'm curious to know, I mean, Alberta honey is extremely popular and, you know, the Falaire, um, Falaire, right? Flair, mm-hmm. yeah, Flair yep. area. Um, you know, they they talk about you know the the distinct flavors of it, and depending on what uh, you know the bees are, you know if it's clover, clover or honey, whatnot. blueberry honey. Yeah. So curious to know what Edmonton bees, the honey that Edmonton bees, what does it taste like? That's that's a great um, question. So the flavors are going to vary. What honey looks like within Edmonton is going to be a complexity of flavors um, because we don't have one crop that the bees are pollinating and that produces huge benefits not only to the nutritional value of the honey um, to the people that are consuming it but also to the bees. Uh, Is there any competition between the uh, the, these hives you set up and sort of the natural bees that are in the city? Uh, Is there any issues with uh, the, the interactions there or any competition? Um, That's a good question. I think the most important thing to look at is that honeybees, it it is important to note that they are not native to North America. So I do like to make sure to point that out because there are unique challenges to honeybees that um, you might not find with native pollinators. So is there a competition? No, they, they, in the sense that they do things differently and they both have different benefits. So honeybees, the reason why I think they were introduced to North America is because they are very efficient pollinators. Mm. So we have a lot of other incredible pollinators that we want to work to support um, as well in Edmonton. Um, And ways of doing that would look a little different than supporting honeybees for example so the city of edmonton um really tries heavily to promote the nomo may which i'm a firm believer of and there are a few reasons for the nomo may is number one um because whatever leaves um and remnants from your garden from the previous year a lot of our native pollinators are burrowing Mm -hmm. um still until the temperatures are consistently above a certain temperature uh daytime and nighttime temperatures so by removing those leaves prematurely or by removing some of those um, you know, dead okay. dead twigs and sticks from the yard is actually detrimental to those pollinators. Whereas honeybees, they are not burrowing um, or overwintering uh, in your lawn or in leaves uh, or in the hollow of some you know dead dead stems from your plants. Um, and that's so, Vanessa, we gotta go. Yeah, we're we're almost okay. out of, we're out of time here. But if people want to find out more, the uh, Yeg Honeycomb Facebook page is the best place to go. And there's lots of information on the Alberta Aviation Museum website as well, isn't there? Yeah, so our Instagram is really the best way to go for really up-to-date photos and videos and our website at yaghoneycomb.ca. Awesome. Thank you. Great talking with you again. Thanks so much. All right. Take care.